Welcome. I'm Victoria Schneps from Schneps Media, bringing you the Power Woman. And I am so delighted today to have with me Christine Nicholas, who I've known for many years and has achieved great success in her world of helping other people build their visibility. Welcome, Christine. Oh, Vicki, it's always such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me. So uh, what is your official title at the company? Because I know you have a partner, is that correct? Right, well, George Lentz is my partner. We started the firm Nicholas and Lentz Communications 14 years ago, so I'm the CEO and George is the president. Well, that's like me. My son is the CEO and I'm the president and it works. It works fine. I mean, you have to divide and, and George is really great at negotiating contracts. He's a lawyer. I couldn't do the business without him. And then I'm the one that's out, out there in the social, you know, butterfly. And, you know, so it works beautifully. It's a great partnership. Well, you know, I think if you and I have the identical kinds of situations uh, where I love being the rainmaker and Josh is the technocrat in many ways, but um, he also has a podcast on power people. So I'm, I'm very proud. He's follows in the steps of uh, Schnipps Media being on many platforms. But today, let me ask you, Christine, going back in your uh, life, when in your early childhood, did you have some mentor or someone that kind of inspired you to help be who you are today? I had my dad, luckily, and, you know, he um, was somebody who believed in me. He um, always had my back, always said, believe in what you want to do. And as an early, at an early age, I remember going into work with him before they had take your daughters to work day. You know, I was going into the office with my father. He was a banker. He worked downtown Manhattan you know, he lived in Brooklyn and it was just a great experience to be able to go to the office. And he had me sitting in meetings, you know, I was, and then through college, when I needed to do a paper, if you remember, we had to type those papers. It was really before, you know, word processors and all that. So I would come into his office to work at one of the, you know, secretary's stations because they had like a deluxe electric typewriter. And I picked up on things and I learned so much about the business. So it was really my dad and, and I am grateful he is still with us. He's 88 years old and um, I can't wait to see him again. We've only been able to see him twice during COVID because he lives down South. Um, but right after the kids are done with school, we're gonna make another trip. Oh, well, let's say, you know, he's with you. He may not be yeah. physically with you, but I like to believe he's the one my mother is gone. I like to feel she's with me too. So I think, you know, your dad is uh, not physically here but he's with you in spirit, I bet every day. Every day. So tell us a little bit about the firm you created, Nicholas and Lent. Tell us a little bit about your work today and what you're um, excited about getting up every morning and doing. Well, our firm is a hybrid firm. It has public relations and it has government affairs. So I handle the public relations. And what's exciting to me is being able to get our clients' message out there. So if they have an idea or if they're reopening, for example, you know, Caroline's on Broadway, which is this a very famous comedy club. It's been closed during the pandemic. They're going to be reopening. They're going to be reopening on Thursday. So we're very excited to get her message out there. We work with a, a veteran, uh, someone who is a quad amputee named Travis Mills, and he's got such an inspirational story. So we've written op-eds for him, placed them, put him on TV, because it's important for people to know that even, you know, something that would probably not be survivable for most people. When you hear Travis Mills speak, it gives you hope. So we love send, you know, spreading the message of our clients. 
Well, I think, you know, that's a, uh, in terms of uh, having a message machine going for them. Tell me about government affairs. How can uh, George do that in terms of what he's um, around and about? Well, government affairs is really lobbying. It's a, just a fancy word for lobbying. And George okay. um, started his career in Albany. He started his career after Albany going to uh, City Hall. That's where we met. He was actually Mayor Giuliani's you know, representative in Albany. And he's a lawyer. So what he, you know, oftentimes when you do public relations, let's say it's a ribbon cutting or you have to close a street, you know, like with Arthur Avenue, for example, where there's all these restaurants during the pandemic, they wanted to close the street and create all of the, it's called, um, you know, Piazza di Belmont. So they have all the wonderful restaurants now outside. That took a lot of work interfacing with government. So, you know, George was able to do that right away. And then we were able to announce it. So it's a terrific synergy. Well, I saw, you know, you guys are both about getting things done. And, you know, how did you come to that career? What was it that, uh, you know, you, you've been uh, doing this for many years, but have there been some clients that you have kind of especially enjoyed? Well, you know, we've, I've been a spokesperson for many years, starting on Capitol Hill and then um, working for Mayor Giuliani. And then, you know, I was the head of NYC and Company, which is the city's tourism bureau. So, and it- Well, wait a second, I have to interrupt because you know, it's very juicy that Mayor Giuliani's son, Andrew, mm-hmm. has just announced he wants to run for governor. So has he hired you yet to be his uh, No, 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 person? no, no. Um, you know, Andrew, I can remember him as a seven-year-old standing right next to the mayor when the mayor was giving his, his speech on inauguration day in 1994. And Andrew was, you know, mimicking his father, not really knowing that everybody was mesmerized by him. So, I mean, you know, Andrew has a way of mesmerizing people. <laughs> so you never know. Um, but no, I... Uh, you know, so after I left City Hall, I went to NYC and Company, which is the Tourism Bureau. So I've been a spokesperson and a cheerleader for the city. It's really telling people stories. And that's what makes Nicholas and Lentz, I think, so great because we're so heavily steeped in New York City. You know, the Statue of Liberty, the double-decker buses, you know, so much with the tourism, uh, the tourism trade. So restaurants, hotels. Uh, it's, it's been tough, Vicki, I have to tell you, during the pandemic. Tourism took a 50%, 60% nosedive, right? Yeah. So a lot of our clients, you know, had to go on hiatus, but the good news is they're starting to come back. Well, you know, it's uh, funny, the, uh, one of the um, restaurants out here did a fire burning of masks. He made a whole, you know, kind of press event just to burn everybody's mask because they are looking like they're going to be lowering the standard for having to wear masks, which I think, in you know, kind of makes people feel more comfortable, more willing to come out and do things. How, how do you think that's going to have an effect? I do. I think people feel the freedom already. It's it's interesting because I'm in the city almost every day, you know, in Manhattan and walking down Fifth Avenue on Monday, I had to take my mask off to make a phone call because I was talking to my father, 88 years old. He can't hear me when I wear the mask. So I took I took it off and I got these these stares from people like, how dare you take the mask off? Well, then on Wednesday, the governor makes the announcement. Right. I mean, you know, or Monday, you know, whenever the day was. And next thing you know, everybody's got the mask off and they're you know, giving you a look like, why are you wearing the mask? And so it's amazing what one day can make, you know, with, uh, with an announcement and the CDC uh, saying it's okay, thankfully. 
Well, I think, you know, the thing about NYC and company and bringing tourists in, one of the things that I've been a tremendous advocate on is since people may not be coming from overseas, you know, the, the boroughs around the city, the suburbs up in Westchester, down in Long Island, would be a great place for NYC and company to be promoting themselves. Because what do we have, over 8 million people surrounding Manhattan? Yeah, I what mean, even more. If we, if we promoted tourism in our own backyard. Well, and that's what we did, Vicki, after September 11th. We, you know, went after what we call the low-hanging fruit, right? Let's go to the tri-state area, um, you know, Connecticut, Westchester, New Jersey, and also make New Yorkers feel like they can be tourists in their own town. And I think NYC and company with Fred Dixon, they're doing a very good job. They do have a campaign. It's, it's a postcard campaign where you're supposed to write to your friends and family and invite them to come into New York. You know, because it is going to be difficult without the international flights coming in. And then the other thing that's really uh, hasn't been talked a lot about is uh, the business market, you know, the conventions, the trade shows, that's going to be really slow to come back. I mean, Javits isn't even open yet. And even when they do open, the governor is just saying, well, 35% or 40% where other convention centers around the country are open 100% already. And you know how competitive this market is. So, but regardless, even if Javis was open 100%, will the business community come back? It's so easy now to do Zoom, to do, you know, these teleconferencing that that's an area, an industry that I think will forever be changed. Well, I think we're all working differently because of the remoteness. Here I'm sitting out on the East End talking to you and you're sitting in the city and, uh, you know, and it works. That, that's the key factor. So how have you been handling your business and how are you seeing your business partners and people that you represent handling this? Uh, it is a seismic change and how an attitude of what, how we do work. Yeah, I mean, right away, the day after when we closed down, we decided to have two staff meetings, one in the morning and one in the late afternoon. And it was really just because we needed to keep uh, a check. And also, you, you realize you miss having people in an office where you can just go to someone's cubicle, go to someone's office. Hey, what about this? What about that? That was gone, right? I knew it would be gone. So we went to a morning staff meeting, afternoon staff meeting, and it just really helped us plan our days and know that you're gonna be able to have that feedback that you need from your, from your colleagues that helps you do a better job. So in business, do you find that you can make better contact with many more clients because you can get to them through Zoom? Well, it keeps us in touch with our clients for sure. And so Zoom has been you know, a, a bit of a silver lining and I'm not a tech person, but now I've learned to handle Zoom and Skype and, you know, and some of the other things. Look, there's nothing greater with clients than having the face-to-face -face and the handshake. And, you know, you get to learn so much more about clients and that makes the relationship so much stronger. You know, one of our clients is Statue Cruises. We've been with them for 14 years. They were one of our earliest yeah. clients. And we all got together as soon as we were able to in October. They, they reopened July, July 25th, the Statue of Liberty, um, last July 25th. So as a staff outing, I said, okay, I know that if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to go, but I think we should all meet up at the Statue of Liberty. And everybody showed up wearing their masks, but it was so wonderful to be together again. 
and, and now when we're all getting vaccinated, uh, we're doing much more of that. So do you think talking about vaccinations that uh, be able to, I thought today they were going to give out a lottery ticket to anybody who got a vaccine with the opportunity to win up to $5 million. How do we, you're a public relations person, how do we overcome these anti-vaccine people? Well, there is a disincentive what, you know, what's going on because people feel like, well, everybody else is getting vaccinated. Why should I get vaccinated? But as a mother of, of children who have not yet been vaccinated, um, I think it's, you know, it's, there's still a very big public health risk. So you owe it to your fellow New Yorker to get vaccinated. You know, mm -hmm. if you have a serious problem with it, I get it. But, you know, in, in addition to the incentives, I think what will really be strong is, you know, what Rutgers University did. They did it early on, but they said, if you want to come back to school in person in September, you need to be vaccinated. Yeah. And, and all the other colleges watched. And when they didn't hear a huge protest, then Columbia University decided, okay, we're gonna require vaccines. And a lot of other colleges followed suit. On this Monday, the governor had the press conference at Radio City and announced that they will be reopening and it will be for vaccinated patrons only, right? So mm -hmm. 5,500 seats shoulder to shoulder, but everybody has to show proof of vaccine. And you'll see that more and more. And then maybe that will be the incentive for people to get vaccinated. They're going to be well, missing we'll out. Well, we'll see. It's a, it's a big challenge. And, uh, you know, I think um, I love the creativity of how we're going to be spreading the word. But I do believe that we should be using religious leaders more because they are believed by their parishioners. And so I think uh, hopefully there's going to be a bigger campaign right there in the churches on the grassroots. I think that's very smart. As they say, from your lips to God's ears, Vicki. Well, talking about that, you know, you have been such a great success in your career. You are truly a self-made woman. And I just would love to hear some of your secrets to success advice you can give to other people who are trying to be successful in their careers. First of all, never give up. Don't take no for an answer. So you have to just be, you, you know, move forward. I would say take Vicki Schnapp's advice. I mean, I've been watching Vicki Schnapp's over the years from when I was a, a press secretary and you were starting out, you know, and I think you had one news, like two or three newspapers, but don't look at the clock. You know, there's, there's going to be times when, um, you know, you, you're going to have to juggle, but do your best. But if you look at the clock and you see that it's five o'clock and you're heading for the door, Trust me, your boss is going to notice that. So <laughs> you, know, you want Very to be the good first advice. one to raise your hand when someone says, who can help me with this? Even if you're not quite sure, you can help them raise your hand and then figure it out. <laughs> well, I think that is a beautiful advice. And you are so right. I always watch those who left at five. <laughs> but I just had such a delight talking with you, Christine. I'm so happy to have had Christine Nicholas with us and this is Victoria Schnepp signing off until next time with another Power Woman. Bye now.